0: Welcome to the goal line stands night talk ARU football podcast on social media Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at night talk pod. Presented as always by Michael's Glass Company, serving in Philadelphia, South Jersey area since 1978. 215 338 3293. Tell them Mike and Brett sent you. I am Michael Lipinski, joined as always by Brett Halpern and Brett the season. Ends on a little bit of a of a dud. Rutgers falls twenty eight twenty one to Nebraska, despite four turnovers from the Scarlet Knights. Your thoughts on this on this game at the twenty eight twenty one? It wasn't really that close.
1: No, first, uh, Mike, happy Festivus. Oh yes, uh, happy
0: Festivus to you as well. <laughs>
1: um, look, I, I, I guess I'm just looking at things with uh, Scarlet. Uh, shaded glasses right now, and yeah, it, it, it's frustrating that we lost. I felt badly, but when you were watching that game, uh, to me, I was impressed with the effort. The fact that it was only a 28 21, I think, was a miracle. We were, you know, really getting blown off the ball. Um, I don't understand why Nebraska simply did not run the ball the entirety of the game, why they ever even attempted, even though they did successfully, you know, convert some passes. I would have literally if they if they had run a single wing they would have beaten us. Right. Um, but you could tell how banged up and exhausted the Rutgers team was, and I, I literally watching them it, like it hurt. Like Ty, there were times where Tyshawn Fogg was like running down the field limping, and there's just no one to replace him. So you got to give them credit; they played hard, and I really think that it's a testament to the coaching staff. Again, no one tested positive for COVID. And the fact that they were even in this game shows that there there is talent, and that the, the coaches are able to really uh, exploit and and the talent and and keep them in games, which is very impressive.
0: We're going to next week. We're going to have a like a, a complete season wrap up, give you our thoughts on the whole season. But yeah, you just can you kind of nailed it. This game, in a way, was kind of a microcosm of the whole season. Right? Yeah. I, I, you could tell that they were were just toast, and yeah. that's okay. I mean, it's it, this isn't taking a shot at them. I mean, we mentioned it a week ago. Like, if this game wasn't played, so be it. It's okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. these guys went out. To, you know, pardon the bad pun, but falling on their sword. Uh, they did what they needed to do. Uh, get into the game itself. We got to nitpick it a little bit. The defense, and I know that you could see immediately that there was an issue on the line. This is, again, yeah. where the, the size and the depth it has come back to bite Rutgers. To, you could see Nebraska was much stronger and had yeah. more depth on the line. But to allow two run two rushers to go for over 100 yards, 191 and 157, it actually, that's crazy. I think this was the in the Shiano history at Rutgers, so including the first uh, go-around. Was the second was the the game that had the second most rushing yards ever? I forget what the first one. was. You find
1: it. Yeah, well, you know, also the 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 Rutgers defense is designed in a way. It's almost a high risk, high reward defense because they are undersized. They're often slanting, uh, trying to fill gaps in that manner. And what happens is sometimes if you get washed in or washed away, it creates gaping holes, almost bigger than if you were to just line up and go head on into a hole. Or into a gap, excuse me. And so I think that happened. And the fact that not only were was the defensive line, you know, a guy like Julius Turner played uh, admirably. He just, because he was so beat down, he wasn't as explosive as, say, he was in the opener against Michigan State. But then also because the linebackers were so banged up. 0-3 got hurt. He was out majority of the game. Tyshawn Fogg could barely move. These guys were struggling mightily. Uh, So because of it, and even the backups are are beat down guys like Deion Jennings, Rashawn battle. So if your linebackers aren't filling the holes properly, that's, what's going to happen. It's a recipe for disaster. So they gave up a ton of yards. It's um, you know, and, and I think you also, it wasn't, there wasn't a lot of passes. So there weren't a ton of opportunities for the pass rush to develop and get some big losses. So yeah, it, it was it was tough sledding.
0: Yeah, now Martinez was uh, well. Martinez was twenty four for twenty eight, two fifty five, one touchdown, two picks. It's one yeah. of pass attempts. It gives you a, a, enough. But having to, I guess you have to watch it back to see how much of this was really a true RPO game. Yeah, at, versus the drop back and pass. I'll tell you, Nebraska it, it impressed me. I, I now wonder and I know Scott Frost said this after the game they are where he they are where he thought he'd have them i don't know if i want to hear that as a corn husker fan they have no, talent no. on that team and they have size they should and i know it's a weird year i get that yeah. but they should they should be playing better than they have this year and the year before
1: so i i thought that physically they were one of the strongest teams we played um but i wasn't overly impressed with adrian martinez i thought frankly i was kind of excited to see luke mccaffrey personally and um i, I didn't think their skill position guys were that great so you know but for as sh- they're they definitely have one they are physically strong on both lines of scrimmage and, and that they play like a wisconsin really yeah. that, I, I mean obviously it's same color same kind of design but um that's how they play, and so I, I guess, you know, you have one or two more skill guys thrown in there, and they could really, you know, maybe have, find something special next year. And, look, it's nice not to have to be in the Big Ten East when you have to play Ohio State and Penn State and Michigan and Michigan State every year. So, um, you know, enjoy that.
0: Nebraska goes 255 yards through the air, 365 on the ground for 620 total. Only twenty-eight points. Uh, that's what happens when you have four turnovers. Uh, let's talk about those a little bit. Christian Izzy made with the play of the year. Yeah, the interception,
1: the one-handed OBJ style. Yeah, it, credit to him. I and look, we we've been we've been critical of him in the past. He's had some rough days, but he had a very good game. Like, he was very active, in the di- aside from that play, and and uh, but yeah, that was a hell of a play. It really showed. It, I think it really showed the potential that the coaching staff. As, as talked about with him
0: I, I agree so he has five tackles uh two is so seven total tackles with five solos and a two picks that he really it was a glimmer of hope and we're going to talk about the team kind of next week as a whole but that was certainly a glimmer of hope to say okay we get what they were saying all year long that yeah. is, you know, is a game changing type of player let's talk Rutgers offense Art Sikowski gets the start and he goes 10 for 20, 122, no touchdowns, no picks. I think there should be a big asterisk on that 122 because 50 of that was in the first play of the game and the bomb to bow melt.
1: Yeah, I, I think you saw the strengths and weaknesses of Art Sikowski in this game. One of the strengths being the first play of the game, the bomb to bow melt, and he has a strong arm. But he almost – he plays – Maybe the word is skittish. He, he looks now. You know the narrative with Art is okay. When's he going to make the mistake? And he, you know more than anything, he's trying not to make a mistake. And and because of that, it's just it's not clicking. He, he does like open him. up the field more than say a Noah Vedra would because of the fact that he has that strong arm. But if you're you know you're you're playing not confident and afraid to make mistakes. You're never gonna try your your um, judgment as to who is open is gonna be far more conservative. So you're gonna hold on to the ball, not get the ball out quick enough. And you saw that during the game. Yeah, absolutely.
0: You can the arm strength is the arm strength. I mean, if you could take Art's arm and put it on Vedrill's,
1: you know, body, you mean his
0: you'd have the quarterback you want. Yeah, that, that's the one thing about Noah Vedral through, through this whole season. And again, we'll get to it next week when we yeah. really break it down. But he just didn't have have the strength. And it's I think it said a lot. The play that sealed the game for Rutgers was a Johnny Langan throw to Bo Melton, where it was an interception. It wasn't even Art Sikowski in the game throwing the ball at that point. It, it was a, it was a Langan toss up. I guess that's the faith. You know, we'll talk about it again. Again, I'll keep talking about, but next week. But have we do you think we've seen the last of the Sitkowski project? And I'm not I don't want to talk negatively about Art Sitkowski because I think he was put in a really shitty situation under the previous regime. And I'd be shell-shocked too. We talk about it with Carson Wentz on the goal line stand, everywhere you find podcasts. Carson Wentz is beat up, shell shocked. Yeah. Art Sikowski took got his head kicked
1: in the first year.
0: I, yep. I kind of get it.
1: No, absolutely. You know, to answer your question, I think it really depends on the off season and the transfer portal. Um, you know, if Rutgers is able to get their guy, you this may be the last you ever see of Art Sikowski or Noah Bedril uh, ever playing. But you know, that's something that we'll we'll discuss a little bit more next week. And you know weeks and months to come
0: absolutely on the rushing side Johnny Langan, 9 for 54 the leading rusher with a long of 12 Isaiah Pacheco seven carries 42 yards and one TD including a 33 yard just last right up the middle on a fourth and one we're going to talk about that in a second but here is the one that I, that stands out that I love this is the this is the rushing statistic of the game and maybe of the season Adam Corsick one rush 17 <laughs> yards and, and Politti, Steve Politti, who people don't like, I know that. I I enjoy him. On Twitter, it's like, it finally happened. And he's yeah. so goddamn right. Like, this was there almost all the time. Yeah, Corsick, as the rugby-style punter, always does the role. I, I mean, I'm watching him roll, and I'm like, this guy's just going to run.
1: It, it was fun to watch. Um, look, yeah, I'm... Glad Adam Corsick's coming back. Uh, he's a great punter. And, you know, going to the running game, um, look, I think towards the end of the season, Langan would have really benefited from handing the ball off on some of these read option plays uh, to the running back. He seems to keep the ball way too much. Um, you know, th- that's an adjustment. I'm not going to fault him. You know, I-, I think Pacheco showed when you run him downhill, north, south, He's an effective runner. Absolutely. He's not effective going east-west. It's just not his game. That's more of Karon Adams and Aaron Young's game. Even them, I think it would benefit. I think it's something Gleason needs to look at in the offseason in terms of going north-south. I understand they're doing it because the offensive line struggles, but there's got to be a way to have more of a north-south game, and that's something that they really need to look into.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, it's one of those things where maybe it's a—it's got to be the line play that you're just yeah. trying to spread it out as much as you can. But but I agree with you, Bo Melton, uh, eight targets, five receptions, 81 yards, including 50 on the big play. Bo Melton shows up again, proving why he was Rutgers' best receiver of the season.
1: Yeah, he showed up. I I thought Shamin Jones had a nice game, and made some catches. Um, Look, we ha- I think the one thing we've established is, look, we may not have the weapons of an Ohio state, but we definitely have far more weapons than we were led to believe during the Chris Ash era. And this is using the guys from the Chris Ash era. There's a very much a sentiment on the board from certain board posters
0: uh, that, oh, well, these were Chris, Chris Ash guys. Okay, so he could evaluate talent. I mean, that's not a surprise. He came from from a, you know Ohio State, where they, there's a certain element of player you bring in. You don't just bring in anybody. So, yeah, he could identify talent. But it was clear that the coaching staff that was in place
1: couldn't develop said talent. Or you couldn't develop or use them to their best. Right. Uh, yeah, the best abilities. Um, but it's clear. And then, and then, look, the other thing, you know, we definitely have a home run hitter with our kick returner.
0: Aaron Krushenk, 92-yard to the house, big yeah. ten, all big 10 returner of the year, specialist of the year. Uh, also 03 as a first team all big 10 defensive player. Yeah, man, that guy when he
1: gets there, when he gets going, he's gone. Yeah, I, yeah, so I guess the interesting question is who, if you had one play, you, you needed, you know, you're going to start a, a last, you know, minute drive, you have one kickoff return. You want Crookshank or do you want Janari and Grant? Wow, who? It's a tough question. There, they're, It's a different style. It is
0: different style. I gotta take Crookshank because if you can do it in a Rose Bowl, yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm gonna take you. It. And it's gonna be interesting next year. What happens with Crookshank and now you have Josh Youngblood coming in from Kansas State? Yeah, you know, similar makeup. I'd imagine you're gonna see a lot of two guys back there yeah. on, on returns, like, who are you going to kick it to? Oh, we don't want to kick it to Aaron Christian because he's going to run it to the house. Okay, well, don't kick it to
1: the other guy. Yeah. i it's look him to have. Absolutely. We, you know, obviously, I think, you know, it would be nice to say, look, we have the best defensive line in the nation or the best defensive backfield or best offensive line. But we can now, I, I think you could comfortably say starting next year, we have the best group of returners in the nation. I I best would duo. I would agree wholeheartedly with you. Yeah.
0: It's a start, and I'll take them. Exactly. And credit to Greg Ciano for going into the transfer portal and, and figuring this thing out. Uh, yeah. that's the way you rebuild now. It used to be the JUCO route, you know, that doesn't exist anymore. Now with these with the, the scenario where you got guys that are getting automatic waivers. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Let's let's talk about some of the guys that are coming and going. Let's talk about the departures first. Any of these
1: surprise you? Um, Frankly, I thought both surprised me uh, because – I so Brendan White and Michael Dwanfor are the two players who have so far announced that they are going to be entering the NFL draft process. Uh I thought both of them showed good tape, but both of them also – had their fair share of injuries this year, and they've had injuries in their previous stops, uh, Brendan White, Ohio State, Fort Michigan. I thought it would have behooved both of them to come back for another year and put more on tape to help them in the draft process. I don't necessarily see either of them being drafted right now. I agree
0: with you. I was actually surprised, especially Brendan White. I thought would have definitely benefited from another year. Yeah, But uh, maybe he – Shiano's pretty good, and it always has been good about letting players go to the draft when they need to go to the draft and advising them when they need to to stay. And I would have to think that he's even better now after spending his time in the National Football League and understanding it more from the yeah. NFL perspective. We'll see. Uh, a little, I don't want to call it disappointing because I don't – Great for the kids. They have an opportunity.
1: But Yeah, I, I wish them the bet. You know, right. I hope that if, if it was you know, in my world, they would be the picks number one and two in the draft. Right. To me, it's 4 I was really looking
0: forward to hopefully having him back and kind yes. of solidifying that line. Let's talk about the guys that have so
1: far announced that they're staying. Why don't we run them down? Yeah, so right now, at least, it, uh, in terms of confirmed that are returning, uh, Ola Kunle 0-3. Bo Melton and Julius Turner have announced that they are staying. There are, you know, rumor and innuendo that there are a few more that we'll be announcing soon, but since they haven't announced, we'll get to that next week. But those are the three big names that have said that they announced, or so that they're returning. So let's start with O three. 3 At first glance,
0: this is a surprise.
1: I, I think I texted you this is a mistake.
0: You did. You texted me this is a mistake. That's at first glance. And I, from yeah. a statistic standpoint, I, I get it. I think this talk this speaks to what Greg Schiano has brought back to this program. Yeah. So he wants to play, 0-3 wants to play with his brother and with yeah. his cousin, who's transferring in from Temple. Yeah. And to me, that's putting the team yeah. ahead of yourself, which I think says a lot could it be a mistake in the long run it, it it could be could it benefit him if he plays this way next year he is what i always like to call the old first day pick yeah he can play himself into that role
1: yeah so and, and just to clarify by the old first day pick you mean someone probably around 2 or 3 2 or 3 he's a yeah. yeah he's probably a, you know you, we talked
0: about it you think he's around he maybe he's a 4 or 5 guy right now if he comes out if you play another year where you're having 100-plus tackles leading to Big Ten in, in, in tackles, chances are someone's going to take a flyer on you early on. Hell, Howie Roseman might even take you with the uh, 29th pick. I don't know, 28th. Look, that's so
1: playoffs. that's not happening. Uh, here, here's the thing. To me, I I greatly appreciate the fact that he wants to come back, A, to play with his literally his family members and his younger brother, and now his cousin who's joining the team. And secondly, for the you know, the team himself. But as a Rutgers fan, you know, you know, we 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 watch these kids grow, we, we follow them their senior years in high school. We see them come in, we see them redshirt and, and literally grow and get bigger and bigger. And you I, I just want the best for them moving forward. To me, he now has to replicate the production that he did that he had this year next year. Otherwise people, scouts will start to see or wonder, Hmm, well, what's the issue. Right. So that to me is what worries me. And, you know, in that you have a whole help, you know, whole matter of uh, contributing factors. You know, you have potential injury, knock him wood. I hope he's okay. Uh, you know, moving forward, I hope he doesn't get anything. It's just a lot of things that could interrupt that kind of special production that he had this year. So that's why to me it's strike while the iron's hot. Go go become a third round or fourth round pick. Um, you know, it's interesting. I mean, I, you know, I, I don't know with respect to if he's a guy who's gonna test particularly well in the combine. So that's something we don't know. Uh, you know, I think more of the B writers would have a better understanding of that. Um, uh, because if he's a guy who's not gonna test well, then maybe Maybe then, yeah, you want a second year so you can say, look, because if he is able to replicate this production next year, then you could explain away a bad 40 time a little bit. You know,
0: that is a great question that you should ask next, ask the staff on Scarlet Nation. And we're scarlet Nation members you know I guess I'm a rivals member too but you know we we, we were scarlet nation guys for forever and yeah. Bobby darren has a, he's the draft guru right he, he wrote a book uh yeah. he would probably be able to answer i would think that exact question i think you should put that on there
1: okay I will do that there are, there's actually an ask the staff going on as we speak is there really yes yeah, well, exactly. these alerts, man this really pisses me off. So you'll just,
0: it's Wednesday. No, but then I feel like I have a question in my mind and I have to go through and I have to see if it's been asked yet as opposed to just firing in. And I thought they asked me on Thursday. I thought it was a Thursday thing. I thought it was a Wednesday thing. I don't know. Anyway, let's get to Julius Turner and Bo Melton. Uh, Bo Melton said he is going with the Bo Melton, and I love this term here Bo Melton Revenge Tour. Fantastic. I think he really, this is a smart move. He's going to benefit from another year. Of this level of play, and yeah. depending who the quarterback is, and there yeah. are rumors out there. You know, we'll get to next week. This is a good move for him.
1: Yeah, um, I think so. So he's someone who, because his production was so low and scattered the last few years, because I mean, last year we didn't even really have a passing game. Uh, he played himself into being a late round draft pick, and I think it. He's someone who next year can play himself into being a mid-round draft pick. And he's definitely someone who's going to test well in the combine. Um, I think there was a really great tweet, Mike. I don't know if you saw it, from Carnell Davis, who is one of the incoming freshmen who we'll talk about next week. And he was talking about how when he was in high school, it was everyone tried to be like Bo. Because Carnell Davis at the time was a St. Augustine and a South Jersey kid. And he was talking about how it was going to be such an honor to be able to learn from him and play with him now. It was a really cool tweet. Um, so it just shows you the quality of guys that Shiano has coming in. It's just it just makes you really excited about
0: that. It does, and uh, hopefully we can be excited in the building. Uh, Julius Turner. Before we move on, uh, again, I like this one. This is a good move on him coming back. Yeah. So
1: you know, Julius Turner is someone who I have just the I'm, as a former nose tackle myself. Uh, this is a guy who completely revamped his game his, his, literally his physical, you know, uh, stature and his game. And has had a great season. You know, I, I think even Julius Turner would probably accept the comment that he physically just is not big enough to be a NFL defensive tackle, right? He he's six feet, 260 pounds, but he makes for a hell of a defensive lineman in college. And to his credit, he's obviously healthy enough. He wants to have one more go at it, you know, and that's great. And I, I'm, I'm glad that he's blessed with that opportunity. And you know, I'm, I'm really happy to have him back.
0: I Agreed with you. And don't sell yourself short. You were a nose tackle that got recruited to go play at the FBS at the FCS level. Yes, I know. I know. Well, and I also to play a little fullback. Did you really? Yeah. I'm jealous. Anyway, anyway. Uh let's before we move on and wrap up the show. I guess the only other name out there that we haven't heard about yet, and I haven't been on the board today, so yeah. I don't know. Uh, Nick Crimin is kind of yeah. the other guy, right? You know, from the offensive side that could come back. What do you think? What 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 is your what does your gut tell you, reading the leaves a little
1: bit? Does he stay or does he go? I don't see I don't see him necessarily being a draft uh a draftable prospect right now so another year could help it, let's see how much you know look the, the thing with with Crimin with has always been and this was this was like the word on him as a prospect was you know it I think he was the kind of kid who could like bench press a house but does he love football? So, does he love football enough that he wants to continue on as an NFL player? Does he love it enough that he wants to continue to refine his craft and, and put out one more year of tape in the NFL? Let's see. I really don't. That one, I don't know. Um, it should be interesting though. I, I, I would definitely welcome back with open arms.
0: Though. Oh, I, I agree with you. Any the more stability you can get with guys in the system, you, you go for it. We're going to wrap up this episode. So so next week we are going to do a season wrap up. We're going to talk a little bit about the transfer portal, kind of uh, nitpick some things a little bit, be a little bit more uh, sports talky, hot take kind of thing, which we tend not to be all the time, but we have to do it. Talk about Shiano year one, kind of expectations going into year two on the following week. So the first of the new year week after new year's day, We're going to wrap up our first season of Night Talk with a signing day, kind of a look back, take a look back at all the players, kind of a little bit more of analysis. We'll have an idea of anybody who transfers in and maybe even transfers out at that point as, you know, the time is now for these guys that are looking to transfer to other schools. They got to register, so on and so forth. On that note, we're going to wrap it up here. For everyone listening, uh, if you have already s- celebrated a holiday, if you've already had Hanukkah, uh, happy belated Hanukkah. For those of you celebrating Christmas in Kwanzaa, Merry Christmas. Happy Kwanzaa. Look, Stay safe. Do what you need to do so that we can all go to Rutgers Stadium next September and cheer on Rutgers as they – I believe it is uh, uh, Eddie Antonucci, uh, Bori Blanco, who's on the board and on Twitter. A 9-4 against Temple, so we're looking forward to that. I know I am. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I'm looking forward to that up in the Madhouse. Uh, I would dub it the Madhouse of Extreme, but that's already been taken. So stay safe. Enjoy the holidays. Uh, go go Rutgers. Keep chopping. Oh, congratulations to the basketball team, number 11 in the nation. Uh, right? So well-deserved, and I hopefully by the time we get back, they're a top-10 team. I'm um, like, that's Brett. We will see you later.